do you crave daily motivation and want valuable tips for dealing with the stress of type 1 diabetes? Sign up for our daily email and start your day with a practical type 1 diabetes and mental health tip delivered straight to your inbox. It's like a personal boost for your day, from me to you. And best of all, it's absolutely free. Don't wait. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip and subscribe today because every day with type 1 diabetes deserves a healthy start. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip. Do you ever feel like you're the only person who struggles with type 1 diabetes? Like you're the only person who has high blood sugars or low blood sugars or pretend like everything is okay when it's really not? If this is how you feel, trust me, you're not alone in your experience, but you're also not the only one who experiences challenges. Everyone with type 1 diabetes has highs and lows, both figuratively and literally, in the lives of type 1 diabetes, including me. And that's why every month of the podcast, I do a recap of my last month with type 1 diabetes. And this month, I'm doing a recap of June. My diversity was in June as well as some big challenges in my life, including finding out my doctor is moving on and having to find a new endocrinologist. I hope that hearing about my life over the past month with type 1 diabetes, my struggles, my wins, my challenges, will help you to feel more normal and to give you the inspiration that you need to keep on going, no matter what diabetes throws your way. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you how to build your type 1 diabetes stress management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes management is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build your sailboat correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. In this episode of the podcast, I do a recap of my last month with type 1 diabetes. I talk about the highs, the lows, the challenges, and the struggles, but all in the spirit of helping you feel not alone, to feel like you can do it, and help you see that you're not the only one who struggles in your life with type 1 diabetes. I do this for a living, and I struggle too, so trust me, you are not alone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey there, Dr. Mark here. It's the first week of July, and that means it's time for my June diabetes recap. Last month, I started this recap where I go through the previous month of my life type 1 diabetes and talk about my challenges, my wins, and everything that's been going on. And I'm doing this because I want to make sure that you feel like you are normal and that you see the challenges that I go through as a diabetes professional. And so you can see that I go through many of the same things that you do and to help you see that the challenge of diabetes apply to all of us, not just the people who don't work in diabetes, people who are new to diabetes. They're really universal. I really hope that me talking about my own diabetes management, the challenges that I've had, the stresses that I've had, and the wins that I've had can help you in that process as well. So let's start at the beginning of June. June the 1st was my 24-year diversity. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but I've been living with type 1 diabetes for 24 years, and it's gone by really fast and really slow. But I want to talk about what I do on my diversity. 
every year on June the 1st, I have pizza. And I go to pizza at a very specific restaurant. It's the same restaurant that I went to 24 years ago, right before I was diagnosed. And this restaurant is significant to me for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was where I went, where my mom told me, I think you have diabetes. And here's why. We walked into the restaurant. It's a restaurant we've been going to for years. And we sat down at a table, my mom, my dad, myself, and my brother, and I drank all four glasses of water on the table. I was so thirsty. And then I got up and I found the water pitcher because the server wasn't coming back quick enough. And I poured myself four more glasses and drank them all. And my parents looked at me and like, what is wrong with you? And I said, I'm just so thirsty right now. I'm so tired and this thirst just won't go away. And my mom looked at me and she's like, you need to go to the doctor. I'm like, ah, I'm fine. It'll go away as soon as I have one more glass of water. Well, as we know, 24 years later, that's not what happened. So we go to this restaurant every year as a commemoration of that day of my diagnosis. And I want to be very clear. I don't celebrate my diagnosis. I'm not celebrating anything about the fact that I have type 1 diabetes. However, I am commemorating it. And I do this because I want to be aware of my wins. I want to be aware of my challenges. But most importantly, I want to be aware of how far I've come in my life. When I was first diagnosed, as I'm sure you were, I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. I didn't know what the future held. And now every year when I go back to this restaurant, I'm able to see the progress that I have made. Yes, diabetes is so challenging for me, no doubt about it. And the challenges change. However, I'm able to see my resilience and how things have changed for me in my perspective, in my behavior, in my mindset, as well as in how I manage diabetes. Also, pizza, as we all know, is a challenging food to eat. And going and eating pizza and beating pizza, making sure my blood sugars are in range as much as possible in that process, to me is just a big victory in my life type 1 diabetes. Is it perfect? Not always. But it's still the fact that I'm able to eat pizza, able to enjoy pizza, able to be with my family is a great thing. And now 24 years later, I'm married, I have a daughter, and we take them with us as well. I want to help them to see how far I've come and how the person I am today is shaped by the past. So this month has been actually pretty good with my diabetes management. My time and range over the past 30 days is 76%, with my average blood sugar being 149. And that's a 9% change compared to the previous 30-day period. Now, remember from May, I was on vacation for part of that time. And so, of course, I was eating differently than I normally eat. Also, if you remember, my pump broke in the middle of my vacation. And I had to switch over from a pump to injections. And I realized last month while I was on vacation that I really have no idea how to keep good blood sugar management on injections. It's certainly possible. But in some ways, I forgot how to do it because I've been on a pump for so long and I use injections so infrequently. So recently I had an appointment with my endocrinologist and I talked to her about this and she gave me some great tips about how to transition from a pump to injections and also back to a pump for me if that ever happens again. 
Now, I'm not going to go into the details about what she told me, simply because what she told me was only relevant for me and not necessarily for you. And I don't want to confuse you. But just so you know, it happens. And if you have to transition from a pump to pens or pens to a pump, um, it's possible. But give yourself some grace because it's not the easiest thing to do. And I learned that firsthand last month. So speaking of my doctor, I saw her last week and I got some bad news. And the bad news is she is leaving the clinic and is no longer seeing patients on the on an outpatient basis. She's only seeing patients in the hospital, which means I don't want to see her anymore because if I see her again, that means that I will be in the hospital and that would be not a good situation. But it bummed me out because I've been seeing this doctor for the past, I don't know, eight years or so, and she is amazing. She is the endocrinologist that I want to have for the rest of my life. She is kind, she's compassionate, she's empathetic, and she let me try new things without questioning me. And it's it's amazing. Um, she just, we have a great relationship and I'm really going to miss her. So now my process is I have to find a new endo and I'm a little stressed out about this. She made an appointment for me with a new endocrinologist um, in January. And so I need to do a little bit of more research about the endocrinologist that she's referring me to. But finding a new endo, especially after you have one that you really gel with, um, can be a little bit shocking, a little bit challenging. And I don't really know what the future holds for me of my endocrinologist. Maybe I'll see another one and not like him or her and then move on. But when you find that endo that you really like, having to transition to somebody new um, can be really challenging. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around what this means for me. Now, I see my endo once every six months for about 15 minutes, so it's really not that big of a deal. But the fact that I have someone who I know is on my team who will respond to my messages, answer my questions, and now I don't have her anymore, it has been a challenging thing to wrap my head around and to get into a place where I'm okay with. And I'm still new to this process because I just found out a couple of days ago. So I will I will keep updating you as that process moves on for me and how I, as I transition to a new endocrinologist. And I'll let you know what I think of him or her and what the process is like in terms of getting to know somebody new, having them know you, having them being willing to be a partner in your diabetes care. Because so many endocrinologists are awesome and so many endocrinologists, um, let's just call them challenging. And now I'm in the process of figuring out how do I find other endo who will be by my side on my team, my biggest champion. I'm not really worried about it, but certainly it's something that's on my mind right now. So the next thing I want to talk about is Ozempic. I've been taking Ozempic on and off for the past couple of years. And more recently, I had decided to start taking it again. The only problem is, well, a couple, there's been a couple of issues with me and Ozempic. The first one is, is I'm not sure it works really well for me. Um, I have tried and tried and my blood sugars are staying stable, but they're not all that much better than they were without Ozempic. Also, not that I really want to lose weight, but I haven't really seen any kind of weight loss effect with Ozempic. But most importantly, I've had some really nasty side effects. I've been nauseous a lot more than I would prefer to be. Um, And I'm not sure whether it is that I'm taking too high of a dose or that me and Ozempic just don't get along. So I want to let you know that because if you're taking your medication, whether it's Ozempic or any other medication for diabetes, it's not insulin, and it's not working for you, please talk to your doctor about that and have an open conversation about what's going on for you. For me, at the time, 
the side effects I was experiencing, especially the nausea, were just a non-starter for me. I couldn't function during the day on a regular basis. And so I had to stop. My doctor gave me some great advice, though. She actually ha is having me start on Ozempic again, but at a very, very low dose. Because what she told me is that for people with type 1 diabetes, it's not uncommon to have these types of side effects. And so if you start at a very, very low dose and stay there for a month or two and then move up to a higher dose, it tends to work better. So I'm going to give Ozempic one last try at a very low dose. I'm starting off at 0.25 milligrams just to experiment with it to see what that process is like. However, I will tell you right now that if any of those side effects come back, I am done with Ozempic. Um, I'm just not willing to put up with that, especially for the minimal gains I was getting. But I want to try it and try to experiment with it because I want to be able to experience the benefits of it for myself. But I also want to be able to talk to my patients and to you guys about what these drugs are like and what the impact they have on your diabetes management, your weight management, because it's important you're getting good information, not only from doctors, but also from people who are using it. And I hope to be that source of information for you. I talk to people with type 1 diabetes every day. And every day is clear to me that people with T1D need a plan. They need a plan to follow to manage the emotional burden of living with diabetes. Without a plan to manage the stress, life with diabetes is overwhelming. You feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose and you have no idea how to feel steady on your feet and find the peace of mind you're looking for. You feel like diabetes takes away your freedom to live a normal life. A plan to manage the emotional burden of T1D is very simple. There are five frameworks you need to know. And if you know these five frameworks, you have a plan for how to deal with any stress diabetes throws your way. With this plan, you'll be clear about what you're doing right now and what you need to do next. That's exactly what you get when you join Live Free with T1D. At Live Free with T1D, I coach you to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes like a sailboat. You are the captain. The hull of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset, the rudder is your behavior, and your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll be sailing smoothly with type 1 diabetes. All of that is part of the plan that's available to you when you join Live Free with T1D. Plus, as part of Live Free with T1D, I host a live coaching event every month where you get access to me and have the opportunity to ask me questions and even get personalized coaching. To join Live Free with T1D, go to www thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. Join other people with type 1 diabetes just like you who have a plan to find peace of mind and freedom in their lives with type 1 diabetes. The next thing that happened this month was the American Diabetes Association Scientific Sessions we're here in San Diego. I go to this conference every single year. Um, it's around the country. Last year, it was in New Orleans. Next year, it's in Orlando. But luckily this year, it was in my hometown of San Diego. And it is an interesting place. It's a place where doctors and all of the industry comes together to hear about the latest and greatest in diabetes management, in diabetes technology, and also to network. 
Um, it's also a little bit of a display. You know, you had Dexcom had a huge display. Uh, Abbott had a huge display across the hall from them. It's almost like they're battling it out. Um, Tandem was there. Omnipod was there. Medtronic was there. All the companies that we all know and love or hate were there um, with displays and people answering questions and all kinds of things. So I was there and I realized that while I was at this convention, learning new things, meeting new people, and really immersing myself in the latest and greatest of diabetes management technology, my blood sugars were not doing great. I'm sure it was because I was stressed. Also, there's lots of food and parties and activities going on. But I find it really ironic that I was at this convention all around diabetes management, where they're talking about complications. They're talking about how important good diabetes management is. And I could not keep my blood sugars in range to save my life. No pun intended, by the way. I was I saved my life. I was okay. But it was challenging. And the funny thing is, is a lot of people at these conventions who have type 1 diabetes. You see people walking around with pods and, and patches and CGMs and pumps. And they're people are fairly easy to spot. And I had to ask myself, how many of these folks at this convention had the same challenge that I had? I'm sure that many of them did. However, everyone looked just fine. And so it reminded me that diabetes is a very personal thing. You know, we make it public when we wear devices and we have to check our blood sugar and take insulin in public, certainly. But how you're doing, both with your blood sugar management as well as your with your mental health, can oftentimes be a very hidden thing. And that was certainly the case for me. I wasn't there advertising that my blood sugars were really high at the time. Um, and I'm not really sure anybody picked up on that. It doesn't really matter. But it's interesting because, you know, I was struggling. I didn't feel great, but I was still showing up. But no one could tell. And that just reminds me of the importance of recognizing the challenge of diabetes and that so often they are not noticeable. They're not public. They're not things that other people can understand because they can't see what's happening for you inside of your body or on your CGM graph. It also reminds me that we have to share the information that's important for this knowledge with people in our lives that care about us. Because without letting them know the challenges that we're having with our blood sugars, with our mental health, with our stress, they're not going to know. And so it's important that we have open communication. Not with everybody. Certainly, you don't want to have your, your CGM number on your forehead or let everybody know how stressed you are about type 1 diabetes or how burnt out you're feeling. But at the same time, there are people who need to know this information because they want to support you. And without this information, they can't. And so it was just an interesting reminder that, you know, we're in this place where diabetes is so prevalent, um, both in terms of the information being shared, as well as with the people who are there. But no one can tell what was going on with me. And no one could tell my blood sugar was high, even though I was experiencing it. And even though I felt guilty about having high blood sugar, given the place I was at. So it was a complicated situation that I'm still trying to make sense of, but I wanted to share that with you as a way to normalize your experiences, as well as to encourage you to share your experience with people who care about you and who are close to you. Because if you don't share them, they probably won't know. And then they can't do anything to help you and support you through the challenges that you're having. Finally, I want to tell you about my word of the month. 
Over the past couple of months, I have started incorporating a word of the month into my life, and this includes diabetes. And in June, my word of the month was margin. Now, margin is having space in your life to just be and to not have to think about work or think about other things in your life, including diabetes. So I've been working really hard to incorporate margin into my life over the past month. And I hope to continue this indefinitely in my life because it's been great. Now, I'm very lucky here because I work for myself. And this means I can take time off whenever I need to. And so for the past couple of weeks, I've taken Friday mornings off and I try to play golf. Golf in the early morning is amazing. It's very peaceful and calm and it's frustrating because it's golf, but at the same time, it's a really helpful experience for me. And so I, you know, being able to disconnect from my phone, I leave my phone in my car, um, not thinking about diabetes unless my alarms or alerts go off my pump has been wonderful. And just spending time outside in nature, um, has been unbelievable. If you can do that, I would really encourage you to do it in some way, um, whether it's playing golf or just taking a walk, whatever that is for you. So the other day, I took the morning off, I get on the golf course, and I realize as soon as I get on the golf course that I forgot my pump at home. So my goal was to be disconnected, but I think I was disconnected a little bit too much. Now I'll tell you this, I knew that I had some insulin on board, um, and I also know that I go low every time I play golf. So I wasn't really worried about it. I was able to just put that aside and to not worry about my blood sugar while I was on the golf course. I knew that if I knew that I would, if I went low, I could take care of it. And I knew I wouldn't go too high because I wasn't going to be on the course for too long. Now, it was kind of ironic because I knew I wanted to disconnect and have margin in my life. However, I didn't want to disconnect that much. <laughs> I knew I needed my pump on. Um, I also knew I was safe, so I didn't go home to get it. But it was kind of a, a mindset shift, and I had to like do some mental gymnastics to figure out what the best move was. Now, here's the kicker. I get back to my car uh, where my phone is, which is connected to my CGM, and my blood sugar after three hours of golf with no pump on, 95 I started off at like 122 and ended at 95. My blood sugar had spiked up a little bit to about 180 and they came right back down and ended up at 95 three hours later. Now, that's incredible because, you know, I didn't have any insulin um, going into my body for that amount of time. But it's a reminder that, you know, you have to know your body and know what impacts your blood sugars. Now, I didn't do this on purpose. I would have loved to have my pump on so I had some visibility into my blood sugars at the time, as well as having insulin delivered to my body. However, as I said before, I also know that playing golf tends to drop my blood sugar. And so I was able to see that firsthand and see that I know my body well enough to know what can happen so I can make decisions about what I need to do when things happen like this. If I didn't know that I go low while playing golf, I probably would have gone home and been late for my tea time. But since I knew that, I was comfortable golfing without my pump on. Now, unless you know your body really well, I don't want you doing the same thing. I want you to make sure that you're making decisions based on your history and what you know happens when you do certain activities. But for me, um, my desire to be disconnected um, actually worked out well. Um, and my budget was probably in great shape. And I didn't go low, which was the biggest win for me because I always go low when I golf. And so, and I, so I ended up eating a lot, having to take breaks. And I really don't feel that well. So 
um, it was a great lesson for me. And so next time I make golf and take my pump off, I'll keep it with me so that if I need insulin, I will be able to deliver it to myself. Um, but at the same time, maybe be a little bit more disconnected than usual. I really hope this has been helpful for you. I know I've been rambling a little bit about the process of my diabetes management, my stress level over the past month and my learnings, but I hope that this helps you to see that I'm just like you. I live with diabetes, diabetes is stressful, I have ups and downs, I forget things, I don't feel great sometimes, sometimes I pretend like I'm doing great when I'm not. It's all part of that process. And the more that we're able to normalize life with type 1 diabetes and the challenges that it has, as well as the wins that we have in our lives with type 1 diabetes, the better. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use in your life with type 1 diabetes starting today to reduce your stress and to find the peace of mind you're looking for. And today your plan of action is do a recap of the last month. Think about and identify what were your biggest challenges, what were your biggest wins, or your biggest learnings, and write them down. I would also encourage you to share them with somebody else, whether it's your friend, your spouse, your parents, someone close to you who gets you. Um, and so you can share these experiences with them and learn about what's been going on for you in your life with type 1 diabetes over the past month. Again, thank you so much for joining me today, and I really hope this has been helpful. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.